Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Verse 32 says, In the same way, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. So now in this scene, we have the coming of the law. This picture of reality plays out in the religious law as well as the secular. I mean, neither avenue can truly give any long-term assistance to mankind. It's all merely a band-aid for a hemorrhaging world. A finger in the leaking dike or duct tape covering an earthquake fissure. Rules and regulations have never, and will never, stop man from the subtle and steady slide toward inward rotten decay. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he traveled, came where he was. And he saw him. He was moved with compassion. He came to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. He set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. So now we have a Samaritan who stopped and took this man to receive care and assistance. It seems he spent his own time and his money and risked his own life, his own safety, his own livelihood actually in doing so. One likely reason for this was, well, that Samaritan would be one who would know and understand clearly what it was like to be an outcast. What it was like to be a person so reviled and shunned and persecuted. That was just simply the life of a Samaritan. They were considered a half-breed mongrel by the Jewish purebreds, pure bloods. Verse 35. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the host, and said to him, Take care of him. Whatever you spend beyond that, I will repay you when I return. Now the Samaritan, he helped in every way that he could. You know, many people will write a check that will not get their hands dirty. There are also those who will give you of their time and their muscle, but never will they let a penny depart from their fingers. Some will help you as long as, you know, it fits their schedule and, you know, doesn't compromise their vacation time. Some will even tell you that God told them to pass by that person. But it seems this Samaritan, he was a man of sacrifice. Because he gave of his money, his time, his effort, and most of all, he gave of himself. He ministered when it was the most inconvenient, uncomfortable, and potentially even dangerous. And he uh, compromised his own plans to see it all through. I think men like that are rare indeed. Verse 36 now. Which of these three, Jesus said, do you think seemed to be a neighbor to him who fell among the robbers? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Well, it appears Jesus led this man to the water, but now it was up to this young lawyer to drink. I I know this path, because certainly I as a pastor do the same. But once you're in the mode of he's preaching at me instead of he's preaching to me, well, it's effectively over for you. 
because now your eyes and your ears are shut to God's message and there's nothing left to do but simply allow your rebellion to run its course in your life. And I pray that you survive it. Jesus here, he brought this man to the precipice of truth that he might look over and see. The man verbalized his understanding, but did he internalize it? Who knows? His future is the only indication of that, and of that we have no record, and that is not a good sign. Going on in verse 38 of our text, it says, And they went on their way, and he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Now, this story is an extremely familiar story to a lot of people, despite the fact that it appears only here in this gospel. It's one of those stories that I fear, despite its awesome message, I fear that it's been tortured and abused as a weapon for a lot of lazy people. Those who want to pull it out every time the issue of work arises or use it as some sort of proof text to allow them exemption from service. But I want you to know this story in no way prohibits or even minimizes serving the Lord. It is speaking of the issue of priority, not exemption. Though certainly many will pull this passage out of context, the context of a chapter that is before us that has been on discipleship and service. Yet God does not have a way of placing it strategically in this extended teaching on serving the Lord, just in the right place, rather, when we need to hear it most. Verse 39 says, She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to serve alone? Ask her, therefore, to help me. Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, it's crucial that we are forever aware of the danger of becoming obsessed with the movement of discipleship and failing in the heart of discipleship. Martha should have been admired for her commitment to Christ. She was and had been a close friend of Jesus, she was willingly opening up her house to him and all of his entourage. I mean, that alone was a dangerous thing to do in that day, for it opened you up to all sorts of persecution. And Jesus loved her for her commitment, her service, and her friendship. We can read that in John 11, verse 5. But Martha had, just in this instance that we know of, had become distracted by all the work, and again, like many of us, the service became the focus instead of the one whom she served. She lost sight of the priority and now had become aggravated and critical of those who were not serving as much as she was. Anytime we start to believe that we are the standard, we're in trouble, gang. Jesus is certainly not critical of work and not critical of serving the kingdom. The problem here was that the service, well, had a ring of self-importance and a ring of self-pity. Our walk of discipleship must and forever begin with spending time at the feet of Jesus and must always possess that aspect if we do not want to find ourselves in the Martha situation. 
Martha found herself troubled and anxious about many things when Jesus wanted her to simply come and spend time in communion with him. The work, you see, had become more important than the devotion. Closing this chapter off with some verses on this subject, we read Psalms 4.4 that says, Stand in awe and don't sin. Search your own heart on your bed and be still. Psalms 5.3 Yahweh, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I will lay my request before you and will watch expectantly. And Psalms 19.14 Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.